Hello friend, I created this podcast because I want to serve busy souls like you, looking to up level and live your best life. I chose 9 minutes because everyone has 9 minutes and the number 9 signifies serving humanity, good karma and providing a positive example. In this podcast, I connect you with some of the most influential and successful people in the world who are excited to share their number one advice or success tip with you to help you live your best life. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining my podcast today. Today I have a mega guest, a mega bestseller, communication expert on couples, friends, or just human beings. It's Dr. Deborah Tannen. At the moment, she's a university professor for over 41 years at Georgetown University. She has five honorary degrees. She has written over 25 books on linguistic. She's a linguistic professor, linguistic expert. Her book, The Book You Just Don't Understand, has been in New York bestseller for four years. And it has been on number one for uh, eight months, number one for eight months. And I think it sold over 2,000, 2 million copies. And it translated into 30 languages. Not only that, her new book is Finding My, Finding My Father. Dr. Deborah Tannen, thank you and welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. So Dr. Uh, Tannen, you know how this podcast works. You're the expert, and we can't wait to hear what you have to share with the world. I am going to talk about listening. Now, people say all the time, oh, we should listen more. In fact, when I first started writing books for general audiences rather than just academic audiences, almost immediately people would say to me, well, wouldn't this be a better world if everybody just listened? And I said, well, you know, often we do listen, but we still don't understand what other people are saying because we don't have the same conversational style and they don't understand us because of that same difference in conversational style. So what do I mean by conversational style and how does it um, translate into listening? Um, I'll start by saying this. Uh, you just mentioned the book that I just had published just this month is actually a memoir about my father. Uh, and people always at the end, if I talk about the book, ask me, what advice do you have for people? And I realized the only advice really I could say based on that, having written that book, was if there's an older person in your life or even just someone in your life you want to be closer to, ask them questions and listen to the answer. Um, I think especially in our culture in the United States, people are often not that interested in older people. Uh, and older people don't really feel that they should talk about their past. Maybe they think people will think they're boring them. Um, and I, I say uh, in the book, uh, when I was a child, I really missed my father. You know, I, the, the strongest presence I felt in the house was his absence. He was never there. He was at work. He was active in politics. So after he retired, I really, it was almost like there was this hole in my heart and I was able to fill it up by spending so much time with him. He wanted to talk about his past. I wanted to listen. And listening can be like, like he opens up a world and invites you in. 
and then you can inhabit that world together. So that was my experience, and that was something that I actually, if I was going to say, what advice do I have, it would be that. And then it dawned on me, because somebody that was interviewing me about that asked me, um, what advice would you give for parents who want to have better communication with their children? And I, uh, it actually immediately came back to me. I gave the same advice to parents in one of the books I wrote years ago. Um, parents, mostly, this is with teenagers, who are often they're having difficulty with teenagers, they just want to tell the teenagers things. And they would do better just to ask them questions and listen to the answer and avoid the temptation to uh, tell them where they're wrong, <laughs> tell them how they should do things. And that's something that was very, um, very pervasive in a book that I wrote about mothers and daughters. Um, the book is called You're Wearing That. Uh, and that title, um, actually, uh, the title should have been something like, you're not going to wear that, are you? But that would be kind of long. And I would often start my talks about that with a reference to a question my mother asked me started, uh, I was visiting, she said, do you like your hair that long? That meant she didn't like it that long. And when I uh, reacted that way, she said, no, 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 I was, I was just asking, I wasn't criticizing. But then later I said, mom, what do you think of my hair? She said, I think it's a little too long. <laughs> um, the, in a way, she's using a conversational style we all are used to. I talk about the message level, that's the meaning of the words, we usually agree on that. But the meta message, what is the, what statement about the relationship is implied by those words? So yeah, she asked, do I like my hair? But she wouldn't have asked if she approved. And that was this double meaning that frequently came up between mothers and grown daughters, where the mother thought she was giving advice or just being helpful, and the daughter thought she was criticizing. Uh, and part of the confusion there is the idea that only one meaning could be true. So if the daughter feels criticized and the mother says she's not criticizing, and this could be husbands and wives uh, or partners or lovers or friends as well as mothers and daughters, I wasn't criticizing, so you must be oversensitive. Why do you think I'm criticizing when I'm not? On the other hand, the daughter is picking up that um, if I wasn't doing something wrong, I wouldn't need that, that advice or that suggestion or that um, the whole idea that you're going to help me improve, right? If you're not doing something wrong, you don't need to improve. So the idea that either it's criticism or it's not criticism is really wrong right there. Because words can be both intended to be helpful and the criticism is implied. So again, it's that meta message that, that might be criticism. Um, so the, this idea that it's not just about listening, it's about having antenna to pick up uh, what people are, are implying and to be very careful that sometimes you may think they're implying something that they're not, because that's the thing about meta messages. It's not uh, there in the words. Um, so of course, the book I wrote that got the most attention, as you mentioned in introducing me, is the book about women and men. Uh, you just didn't understand. And there were so many examples there that people uh, responded to, but I'll just give you one example of this um, indirectness. Uh, so uh, husband, uh, it happened to be a husband and wife, but anyway, a man and a woman are driving along, and the wife said, um, 
are you thirsty? Would you like to stop for a drink? And he wasn't thirsty, so he said no. And then later it turned out that she had wanted to, and she was kind of frustrated. But then he was frustrated because he said, why do you play games with me? If you wanted to stop, I would have been happy to stop. Just tell me that you want to stop. And I think it's really revealing about conversational style because I suspect when she asked, are you thirsty? Would you like to stop for a drink? She didn't expect a yes, no answer. She probably expected something like, I don't know, what do you think? And then she could say, I don't know, what do you think? And then they could talk about how they both feel about it and draw a conclusion that took everybody's preferences into account. So if he were to say, well, if you want to stop, we can, but I'm not thirsty, that's good. If he said, I'm kind of tired, do you mind if we didn't? That would also be fine. The meta message that she was sending by not simply saying, I'm thirsty, let's stop. <laughs> the meta message she was sending was, I might have a preference here, but I want to take your preference into account too. And so when he simply said no, shut down the conversation, the meta message he heard was, I don't care what you want. And and often people who have this different style might say, uh, well, you never care what I want. We always do what you want. <laughs> and he, the other one might be thinking, well, you never tell me what you want. So how could I do it? Uh, so it, it really comes down to different conversational style about whether you think you could make a decision by throwing something out and see how it flies. And if the other person wants something else, they'll tell you. Or you start vague and work your way in. And this happens in the workplace too. In a book I wrote about the workplace, I actually interviewed a manager who said, well, I make a decision and I announce it, and I assume if anyone doesn't like it, they'll tell me. Well, some people might tell him, but many would not. So he's assuming people have a conversational style, maybe like his. Perhaps he's the one who would feel okay saying, um, oh, that decision you made, that's not a good one. <laughs> but many people uh, would not feel that way. So the bottom line is we tend to assume that you would mean what I would mean if I spoke in that way, in that context. If your conversational styles are similar, that would be true. But if your conversational styles are not similar, then it may not be true. And so you'd have to have your antenna rolled out so that you can be listening and hear what people really are trying to say and have a better chance that they will be listening in a way that they'll know what you're trying to say. That's amazing, Dr. Tana. In 30, the last 30 seconds, I got a quick question here. How can we improve our antenna? communications antenna better? How's that skill set? What can we do about working it better? Yes, uh, knowing what these differences are in conversational style is what I, I think that's the most important thing. If it never occurred to you that what you think is appropriate is not what somebody else thinks is appropriate, if it never occurred to you that starting vague is a way of getting you to say what you want, um, and then and then also do what I call meta-communicate. Talk about it. What is it about the way I said that that gave you that impression? How could I say that differently so that you would know how I mean it? So I think those two things, becoming educated about how conversational styles can differ and uh, also talking, talking about it without accusing. <laughs> Talk about how 
you got the impression you did without saying you did it wrong. <laughs> Dr. Tanning, this is amazing. Um, for all my all my audience, highly recommend all of her books. There's so much stuff on YouTube. Her new, new book is out. Dr. Tanning, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My takeaway from Dr. Tennant's episode was communication. You know what? That's something that I heard every day while I was looking for the Washington Redskins. Every practice, every game day, every halftime. Communication, communication. They have 11 moving parts and they need to communicate. Communication is not only on the field, off the field as well. With our wife, with our friends, with our co-workers, we have to communicate. Like Dr. Tanning said, communication is about listening, being an active listener, have your antennas on, learn about what they are saying, not just text message or email. In order to achieve success on the football field or on the basketball field, they really emphasize communication. So we have to do same thing off the field. In order to win the championship at home with your kids, with your wife, with your parents, with your brothers, talk to each other. Sit down face to face, talk more than talking, listen to each other, see where each other is coming from, understand each other's side, learn from it, talk to each other. Thank you so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you are the kind of person who loves to help others and you found value in this podcast, please do share with your friends and your family. I know if you found value, they will too. I believe we should always strive to be the best version of us. Let's pay it forward and help more people. If you would please leave a great review on iTunes or the podcast platform you are listening, I'd be grateful. That will enable me to reach more people to serve, people who are looking for their next level of success in life. Together, we can transform the world. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at podcast at and through my social media.